Hey, welcome to the 1505 Club and our 100th episode. Honestly, when I started this podcast, I never imagined making it that far, but I have you to thank for helping us get there. We also just finished the 19th annual Media of the Minds. In this episode, I'm going to address a question that I asked at the Media of the Minds. What makes Gonstead, Gonstead? I'm often quick to point out that I was not there in 1930 or 1940 when Dr. Gonstead was developing the system that we all now use. I didn't see him as he went through the process of discovery, innovation, and implementation. Nonetheless, I have no doubt that there were times during that process that Dr. Gonstead was not practicing Gonstead as we know it today. I certainly didn't practice it in my early years the way I do now. Does that mean I wasn't practicing Gonstead? No. It means I was practicing bad Gonstead, or poorly practicing Gonstead. I think we often forget that it it is possible to practice Gonstead and to just not do it very well. Some people have physical limitations, and others have mental limitations, but limitations don't change what you're doing. They just decrease the level you do it at. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all been there. I still have days when I think to myself, I'm not doing this very well today. In the past... I had games when I wasn't playing football very well, but that didn't mean I wasn't playing football. I just wasn't doing it very well. We need to give people some latitude to do a thing and to just not do it very well. Now I know the problem people are having today is that poor Gonstead is being posted on social media and gaining traction. Okay, I get it. The problem I see goes way beyond the superficial problem and it's a much deeper reflection on society and culture. We live in a culture that celebrates mediocrity and demonizes excellence. You have to know that mediocre Gonstead, and even bad Gonstead at times, are going to get a lot more traction than excellent Gonstead, and this happens for a very simple reason. Most people are familiar with the Dunning-Kruger effect, Mount Stupid, the Valley of Despair, and all that. One aspect of the Dunning-Kruger effect that's often ignored, but Dunning has studied and written about it quite a bit, is that when you're on Mount Stupid, it renders you incapable of recognizing genuine ability. When it comes to chiropractic as a whole, we've gone from being invisible to the public to the point that people are aware of us, but they're on Mount Stupid. They have no idea what genuine ability actually looks like. We have to be careful because we're not immune from this ourselves. There's tremendous danger in the ego, and many philosophers from Aristotle to Freud have all addressed it. The ego wants to set itself up as the standard. What it doesn't want to do is look in the mirror and ask, where do I need improvement? When I was a student outside of the seminars, I was mostly learning from docs who graduated in the 80s and 90s. They all knew how to talk Gonstead, but when I would observe them or get adjusted by them, I found that I was frequently underwhelmed. More like disappointed, really. It's probably just my personality, but I didn't call them out or criticize or even let them know that I was underwhelmed. But I did slowly become frustrated because I knew there had to be something better. Even in my mind, I never accused any of them of not practicing Gonstead, but I just didn't think it was good Gonstead, and I wanted a higher standard for myself. So let me ask you this. How much do you have to take away from Gonstead before it isn't Gonstead anymore? If you didn't palpate, would it still be Gonstead? What if you didn't scope or x-ray? Or you didn't use the chair or the knee chest? I'm sure somewhere in there was your breaking point where you said, nope, 
That's not Gonstead. For me, I would just say, that's not good Gonstead. It's definitely not what we would hold up as the ideal. I think people should want to achieve the ideal. I don't have a problem with them failing, but I do have a problem when they want to hold themselves up as the ideal and redefine Gonstead around their own failings and inadequacies. I've always had a problem with people doing that with chiropractic in general. I went to school with classmates who couldn't get into other schools, so they wanted to redefine chiropractic to be physical therapy or osteopathy. Those professions already exist, and nobody has the right to redefine chiropractic just because they aren't any good at it. Same is also true of Gonstead. There will always be bad chiropractors and bad Gonstead doctors, just as there are bad dentists, plumbers, and politicians. Is there such a thing as a good politician? Eh. The way forward, in my opinion, is not to run off the people at the bottom, but it's to raise the bar so the ones at the bottom fall off because they can't keep up. This is what happens in professional sports. Every level up, from high school to college and then to the pros, the bar is raised and the ones at the bottom fall off. You can't convince someone you're a professional athlete if you simply don't play like one. If we continue to raise the bar, not just with each other, but raise the level of expectation from the patients, that's how we'll separate those who do from those who pretend. Now, in all seriousness, I've thought about this a lot. Not that I have any conclusions. But at what point does Gonstead become not Gonstead? I remember hearing a story about Gonstead one time, and it was only one time according to those who told it, where Gonstead did a seated cervical, but it was mostly rotation. They asked Gonstead why he did that, and he said, because the misalignment was mostly rotation. That makes sense to me. But I can also see how easily, like in the game of telephone, that story could become a supine cervical, or he did it more than once, or he did it on all of his patients. I don't give a lot of credence to these stories when they are uncorroborated and easily exaggerated. I've heard stories like these for years, and the problem is that as long as they aren't ridiculous, then they are believable, even if they aren't true. I've heard how Gonstead only did seated cervicals because the arthritis in his hands was so bad. I've also heard Doug and Alex say that he showed no signs of arthritis in his hands, and he never complained about them. In fact, the rheumatoid arthritis he had as a kid only affected his feet, legs, and knees. He did seated cervicals because they made the most sense biomechanically. If you can't do them, then it's a lot easier on the ego to say that he did it because he had problems with his hands than it is to simply admit you can't do it. In a similar vein, probably one of the greatest criticisms is whether or not people rotate their cervicals. Now when it's obvious, it's obvious. But I often found with students in my class that I couldn't accurately assess them based on what I was seeing alone. I had to get in the chair and feel their hands on me to know what was really happening. In the subscriptions section, I have some videos of evaluations that I did. I do my best to help as much as possible, but I know I could only do so much without actually feeling the adjustment. I know that how it looks is not always an accurate representation of what's happening on the inside. So I try not to be too judgmental or nitpicky off, off of what I see. However, once again, when it's obvious, it is obvious. Every once in a while, I see someone who's blatantly doing a seated rotary break and calling it Gonstead. But that's not the majority. The majority of the failures I see are simple sloppiness or errors. It's just bad Gonstead, or maybe I should say amateurish Gonstead. But it's not something else posing as Gonstead. There is, of course, an ideal standard that we want to reach. But I've always felt it's unfair for someone with, say, 20 years of experience, for example, to expect someone with two years of experience to adjust at their level and ability. I'm sure they couldn't reach that standard when they had only two years of experience, nor would they want somebody with 40 years of experience to expect them to perform at their level. 
I guess my point is that I've always cared more about results than appearances. You might have the ugliest three-point shot in the world, but if you make every shot you put up, then I'm not going to tell you you're doing it wrong. It's the results that matter. Unfortunately, we don't have a good method of critiquing results, even for ourselves. Chiropractors have a tendency to remember and tell of their successes, while they conveniently forget all of their failures. At its heart, Gonset is about doing what's right for the patient and getting the results to prove that what you did was right. By do what's right, I mean find and correct the subluxation. Just yesterday, I was sitting on a bus next to Dr. Rindle. He was shown x-rays and he said, I would look at C6. The other doctor said, I adjust C6 on every visit. And Dr. Rindle said, well, then it's not that one. You need to look somewhere else. Can you get any simpler than that? When I heard it, I laughed at the simplicity of it. If you're adjusting the same spot and they're not getting better, then that's not the place you should be adjusting. Find another one. If it didn't work on the third adjustment, then it probably won't work on the twelfth adjustment either. So let's get back to our original question. Or better yet, let's change it slightly. What makes Gonstead not Gonstead? I think one of the biggest problems here is the differentiation between the Gonstead technique and the Gonstead system. In other words, you might put someone in a cervical chair and assuming you do it right, that would be part of the Gonstead technique. But that's not the same thing as using the Gonstead system. Now the Gonstead system was never intended to be used as only an adjusting technique, but some people will it down to just that. So you might have someone who posts a video of themselves adjusting and say, yeah, I use Gonstead, but then you find out they don't scope or x-ray or use Gonstead equipment or what have you. Someone says, they're not using Gonstead, but the person accused is confused because in their mind, they are using Gonstead. This is the problem that's created when we fail to say, no, Gonstead is not a technique like other chiropractic techniques, but it's a complete system of analysis and correction that cannot be reduced to merely another way to adjust the patient. Of course, when you have some schools that have a Gonstead class taught by a person who does not use Gonstead, it's easy to see how they could confuse it for being an adjusting technique and now all of their students see it the same way. It's up to us, who practice it, to make it clear that it's a complete system and should be incorporated in its entirety. When someone asks if a person does Gonstead, they mean in its entirety, and not just the occasional use of a cervical chair or a knee chest table. The short answer to our question is that Gonstead is Gonstead when it's used in its entirety as a system. As Dr. Gonstead, and the doctors who worked with him, and the doctors who have learned from him at his seminars, we're trained to do. When you simply extract one element out of the whole system, then you're not really practicing Gonstead. When you attempt to employ the system, but you neglect one aspect of the system, now you're practicing bad Gonstead. It's just my opinion, but I think that is a distinction we need to make, because there's certainly a difference between someone who tries to steal one small element and pass it off as the whole, and someone who attempts the whole and fails in one element. One thing that I took away from this weekend's Meet of the Minds is that there's a lot that we don't know. We have ideas and patterns and observations, but the knowledge of knowing that you know is often missing. That doesn't mean that we can't move forward, but it should cause us to move forward with humility. Oh, humility, that virtue that's so often missing and frequently viewed as weakness. Humility is simply the recognition that we live in a big world and our uniqueness is not so critical as we might think and also more easily replaced than we might think. John Maxwell often says that no matter how important you think you are, 10 minutes after your eulogy, 
people will be asking where the potato salad is. If that's not a ridiculous view of your own demise, then consider this poem by Saxon White Kissinger. It was a favorite of President Dwight D. Eisenhower, and he carried it with him everywhere he went. It goes like this. Sometime when you're feeling important, sometime when your ego's in bloom, sometime when you take it for granted, you're the best qualified in the room. Sometime when you feel that you're going, would leave an infillable hole. Just follow these simple instructions and see how they humble your soul. Take a bucket and fill it with water. Put your hand in it up to the wrist. Pull it out, and the hole that's remaining is a measure of how you'll be missed. You can splash all you wish when you enter. You may stir up the water galore, but stop and you'll find that in no time it looks quite the same as before. The moral of this quaint example is do just the best that you can. Be proud of yourself, but remember, there's no indispensable man. This poem had an impact on me the first time I heard it. If the Gonstead system didn't die with the death of Dr. Gonstead, then it certainly won't die with the death of you or me. Instead, we all have a part to play, whether as an educator, a specialist, a practitioner, a researcher, or any other niche you might find to carve out for yourself. But in the end, when we leave this place, the place we occupied will function like a vacuum, sucking someone else into it, and life will go on. We may not be forgotten, but we will most certainly be replaced, and life will go on without us. If we begin our journey with this inevitable end in mind, I think it helps to avoid the arrogance that often seeps in, that I do it right, I do it best, nobody can do it like me, and that gives me license to critique everybody else. The Gossett system is exactly that. It's a system. It's meant to be used in its entirety. That means there are many skills that have to be developed. Palpation, scoping, line drawing and interpretation, and all that before you even get to the adjustment. Well, I hope you found this helpful today. Don't try to shortcut the system by stealing elements from it, and don't be overly critical if you feel you're currently practicing bad Gonstead. Just come back to where you are and work to get better, little by little and day by day. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this journey and helping us to get to our 100th episode. We have a ton of great things planned and even more first-time guests. So until then, I hope you have the very best week possible. I'll see you again next time. Thank you.